Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Bulldog fans everywhere. I am ecstatic to be welcoming all of you back to the Maroon Mike. I'm your co-host, Colton Watson. I'm your other co-host, Lounge Dog. And preemptively, just before we get started, I wanted to say thank you for listening, uh, for every one of you, and I know there's not just a, a metric ton of you out there, but for the ones that are out there, we appreciate you. We appreciate if you'll share us with your friends and family, your Mississippi State friends, or maybe even, you know, week to week, your LSU friends or your Texas A&M friends or whoever we're talking about that week. But uh, thanks for the support, and don't forget to subscribe on or on Apple and follow on Spotify. I think that's the terminology they use. I'm not sure. Uh I'm a, I'm a spot Apple podcast person myself, but I use Spotify for everything else, so I'm kind of weird. In any case, uh, we're glad to have everybody here. Hope that y'all are glad to be here. Now, while I'm talking, let me make sure my phone's on silent, so that if it rings, y'all don't y'all don't get to hear every word or every sound that it makes, because it will be lighting up. All right, lounge dog. Yeah. How, how, how's life? You catch that game last night? Hey, that, was, that was brutal to watch. I, I did not tune into that one. Uh, I had a couple things going on, but also, you know, Carolina at Houston. I, yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Hey. Sam Darnold, I'm about to say, get away from the Jets and you you can redeem your career. Oh, no, that was the best thing for them. And they played the Jets earlier this year, didn't they? They did. That's funny. In any case, uh, drafting DJ Moore on my fantasy team for, from Carolina was the best decision I ever made, and I did not know who he was. He was just the best available. And I said, oh, oh shoot, I'll take him. And I thought he'd be, like, on my bench. No, he is – He's my best receiver. Yeah, I'm about to say that's a solid pick. I've got him in the flex right now, and he was he had twenty and a half points without a touchdown, so he's he's good. All right, so we're gonna get off of our personal lives here, or our our sports lives outside of Mississippi State, I should say, and talk about the LSU Tigers. So first things first, I I think Jaquavius Marks is gonna play. Um, I don't think Brandon Weese is going to play uh, tomorrow, so just keep a heads up. Jaquavis Marks, he's had he's had a yellow shirt on in practice, which is like the medium. You know, it's not like the red shirt where you can't – red is where you can't play at all or you can't get hit at all. Yellow is a little – like you're, you're working your way back, I think. Green is just quarterbacks. Uh, and then, of course, everybody else wears maroon or white. But so I think he's going to be fine. But moving on to talk about LSU, we can talk about them a little bit last year. So you can kind of get a picture of where they are between last year and this year. LSU last year had 312 passing yards and 121 rushing yards per game. So pretty decently balanced. They had 32 points per game. On defense, though, they allowed 323 passing yards and 170 rushing yards per game, which is bad. Uh, They allowed just under 35 points per game. They had the 32nd ranked offense and the 98th ranked defense, which is not acceptable in Baton Rouge, uh, 98th ranked defense. They beat Vanderbilt, Florida, Ole Miss, Arkansas, and South Carolina, 
and they lost to Bama, Texas A&M, Auburn, Missouri, and us. Their average margin of victory was 14.4, and their average margin of defeat was 20.2. So they got, they got, and a couple of those games were close. They had a close game um, against Missouri. Uh, when they got beat, they got hammered. Alabama hammered them. Auburn destroyed them. We beat them by 10. So, little, not sure what, what exactly that means that they got beat the way that they did when they lost last year. I know they had some resiliency. They came back and won the last two games of the year against uh, tough offenses to play against, even though and their defenses were very suspect, but very odd. Uh, and the reason they have a, a large average margin for victories because they play Vanderbilt. They they shattered Vanderbilt. They beat South Carolina pretty good. They shattered Vanderbilt. Most of their other wins were pretty close. All right, this year they've beaten Central Michigan. They've beaten McNeese State both at home. They lost on the road to UCLA. Their average margin of victory has been 27 and a half, and they lost UCLA by 11. So there's your average there. They're scoring 36.6 points per game, which is 41st in NCAA. Oddly enough, that, that's more than last year. Uh, of course, this is early season things where you play all these, uh, everybody's playing out of conference, stuff like that. But that was more points than last year, but a lot uh, lower in ranking. 41st was a set of 32nd. Uh, they've passed for 303 yards per game and rushed for just 86 yards per game. They have 11 passing touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns. Max Johnson, he's he's completing 64.8% of his passes for 862 yards. That's eight yards per attempt. 11 touchdowns and two interceptions. He's not a terribly prolific running threat, but he can scramble some. He has he included sack yardage in this, but he has 20 attempts for 20 yards. So he he's probably been sacked, you know, ten times, and he's run ten more times and made it um, pretty much just made that yardage up. So he's again not Cam Newton out there or Lamar Jackson, but he can he can move a little bit. The only running back for LSU you're going to find this odd. I want you to think you're older than me about all the running backs you've had at, you've had at LSU. I mean, let's just name a few, you know. Clark, besides Clark, Edward Jelaine, Hilaire. Yeah, Leonard Fournette, Daryl Williams, Steven Darius Ridley. Geis. Huh? Steven Ridley. I mean, you could go back farther than I could. Kevin Falk. Kevin Falk. And God bless his family. Uh, Kevin Falk's daughter passed away recently. He's the running backs coach at LSU right now. I mean, we could go on and on and on. But LSU this year has only one running back with more than 120 yards. And that guy has really been, he's played well, but it's mostly been a mop-up time. Like, the game's over. Uh, his name is Corey Kiner. Very, very odd for an LSU team to be that way. Their starting tailback, Tyrion Davis-Price, they... I think there is might not be a better tradition in the SEC than LSU running backs or LSU players with hyphenated names. How many how many LSU players have come through with hyphenated last names? It's been a lot, but anyway, Edward Zelayer is one is the first one that comes to mind. He is a uh, Tyron Davis Price is having two point seven yards per carry right now, so not very prolific. Uh, on the wide receiver standpoint, Kayshawn Boot. Boutte? They say Boutte. It's Boutte. 
he must have had a tough childhood. I imagine that maybe that's why maybe he's so, that's why he's so tough. He'll lay out and make and make a play and put his body on the line. He's not like a, a sissy receiver. I shouldn't say that, but and that's I think that's why his name was Butte growing up. Could you imagine being your name being Butte in elementary school in junior high? You're in Louisiana. That's not the craziest name I've ever heard. That's true. That's true. He is from South Louisiana, but he's by far the best receiver. Twenty catches for two hundred twenty-three yards and six touchdowns. Trey Palmer and Jack Betch, whose dad played at LSU, have 10 catches apiece. Uh, only other receiver of note, and it's really Kaysan Butte and the rest of these guys, right? It's it's They're not very comparable to Kaysan. But former MSU commit Deion Smith had seven catches and two touchdowns against Central Michigan. So he, he had a really big breakout day the other day. He started that game. We'll see what happens this week. Uh, only two turnovers from the offense, so that's good. Two, two, two interceptions. Defense. They've allowed just 22 points per game, which is only 64th in the NCAA, but again, you get into these uh, non-conference games. Some teams haven't played anybody yet. You know, that's what happens. 193 passing yards per game allowed. 110 rushing yards per game allowed. So they're pretty good against the pass, which scares you if you're Mississippi State, but... UCLA had six plays of over 25 yards, and they've given up at least 10 all year. And the reason I say at least is the way I check this is I can see who's each receiver and running back and quarterback's long play, like the longest play they had on the day. But if that, let's say that player had a 45-yarder and a uh, like they had a 45-yard catch and a 44-yard catch, the 44-yard catch wouldn't show up. So like I can't see all of them, but they've given up at least 10. Am I counting the same way? Even though we're really—that's our kryptonite—a big, the big play on our defense. We've only given up eight, so they're very susceptible, I think, to the big play. The leading tackler is uh, Damon Clark. He has 26. Nobody else has 14. Um, Major Burns, another, both of these are linebackers, had 14 and, a, and an interception. Up front uh, is where things get serious. Now I'm I'm gonna mess up this name here, but up front, BJ. Ojolari, that's what that that's got to be how you say that. BJ Ojolari has four and a half sacks. Who leads the team? Andre Anthony, who's one of their most talented uh, defensive linemen, he had three and a half sacks, but he's done for the year. So gonna have to uh, move some pieces around for them. Mason Smith has three sacks. Uh, LSU as a team has 19, and that's leading the country. Only four of those were against UCLA. So, again, you're getting 15 sacks against Central Michigan and McNeese. Goodness gracious, they, they, they sacked Coach O's son. Just They put him on the ground all the game long. You hate that. For, I can't believe Coach O. And that's his, his favorite group, right? He's the, the former defensive line coach. And he's sending blitzers at his son to get to just smoke him. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. You know, his son plays for McNeese State. But, um. Not all 19 of those, you know, are against tougher competition. But still says a lot that they lead the country. That's There's there's no way around that. On the back end, uh, looking like Derek Stingley is going to miss this game again. You know, he missed last year for like a kind of a fluke deal, you know. Like you really didn't know what it was. Uh, it was something like a seizure or something. And he, he had an illness pretty much. It was very odd. 
Um, but now he's got, you know, your old run-of-the-mill arm injury. And it, it, it's something that he's been dealing with all year, and it doesn't look like he's going to play. Derek Stingley, of course, a cornerback who was one of the best players in college football as a freshman um, on the national championship team. And he's been almost that good since, but not quite. Uh, but he's still probably a first-round pick. Eli Ricks and Cordell Flott are cornerbacks that are still back there. Eli Ricks has one uh, of only two interceptions all year for them. Um, Eli Ricks was a guy that people said he played well against us last year in reserve. You know, he had to come into the game, but we, we he had an interception. That's why they say that. But we really kind of threw all over him. And uh, Cordell Flott, kind of the same way. He kind of got thrown in the fire last year, too. Jay Ward is a safety that we uh, really torched last year. He's working back from injury, so we're not sure how much of him we'll see or not. Uh, and as a team, LSU has recovered two fumbles and two interceptions. Now, what of what of that? All of that I just ran through sticks out to you. Gosh. Um. Just all of the everything on the sheet. Offense, defense. Stingley being out is a big key, but I think Eli Ricks Eli Ricks is still a pretty good corner. He was just a freshman last year. He picked I remember him picking off Costello. So he's gonna be he's gonna be he's gonna be a legit concern. That defensive line, line for LSU is going to be an issue, real big issue. I think it could be. And, of course, they're missing a key cog, but it's going to be, that's going to be where, where I think the game is is won and lost. Okay? I mean, they, they got some other guys. Like, was it Ali Gay? Yeah, Ali Gay's been hurt, but he should be back. So they they got threats. They're just a year older, and they don't have Bo Pelini. Calling that defense, right? And, but I mean, for all that, I'm there. But there, if anything, I think we can take advantage of is their offensive line. They can't. They cannot run block worth a squad. That's that's right. So they, their offensive line's really struggled. It's a weak point of their team. Uh, and LSU as a team has been pretty pedestrian. They they've I will say this. They've gotten better. Every game. Now, it's easier to get to look like you're getting better every game when you play McNeese State and uh, Central Michigan. On on offense, they they've really struggled. Uh, didn't couldn't really move the ball the way they wanted to against McNeese State. They only scored 34, which uh, that a lot of that came really late in garbage time too. It was like seven only 17 points in the late in third quarter. Um. Kind of really got the offense going against Central Michigan. Had their best offensive game. Defense gave up some things uh, in that game too, but Central Michigan proved that they could hang with people with, with the way they played Missouri. And also, that's kind of the nature of the beast when you score 49 points. There's no reason to go all out trying to hold somebody without a touchdown or anything like that. You know, those kinds of things. So they've gotten better every week. But what has been a proud, proud rushing team has only mustered 86 yards per game. And most of their rushing yards came against McNeese, and they came late in the game. And they rushed 36 times against McNeese. And let me let me get this right, because it wasn't for a lot of yards. I want to get the exact figure here. Against McNeese State, they rushed 
36 times for 124 yards. And they had three plays for 20 yards or more. So they really had, they hit three home runs and then couldn't get anything out of the other 33 carries. And one of those is the sack of, of the backup quarterback. Okay, just one. So that is, is troubling if you're a, a, an LSU fan. That's their best rushing game. You know, they couldn't run anything against UCLA. They couldn't move the ball at all on the ground. It was all through the air, which, again, just even during the national championship game where they're spread out and they're running every, every which way. And Joe Burrow's airing that thing out. And they've got first-round draft picks at receivers. They had a first-round draft pick at running back and several of the offensive line, too. They were running the ball effectively. They've always been, if not balanced, they've always been a good rushing team, and now they're unbalanced and they can't rush. And it just it's just odd. It's very, very bizarre to see from the LSU team. I want to find the Central Michigan, the exact stats in that game. So that is one where Corey Connor uh, rushed a lot, very, very, uh, was very adept in garbage time. He had 74 yards, but as a team, 84 yards. 84 yards in that game. And 74 of those are from your backup. That that's that's, and maybe he shouldn't be the backup. I mean, that's that he'll probably play a lot this weekend. We'll see. He might he might come in and have more snaps than the starter. But that is troubling if you're LSU. I, I've never. It's shocking to me. You I saw I watched Leonard Fournette. I watched Darius Geis. I watched Daryl Williams and even guys before then. You know whose names I can't remember because I was young. They have always been able to run the ball. Their offensive line isn't that good. Uh, Max Johnson as a quarterback has been pretty decent. Um, he's taking care of the ball. And Kayshawn Butte has been a very bright spot. But the offense is just very one-dimensional. You know, it's there. there's not even it's, – it's not even like an air raid where you're not trying to run the ball. They're trying to run the ball. Against Central Michigan, they had 24 carries for 84 yards at a long of 26, you know. So there you go. If you take that, you take that one out. Then uh, you've got what, fifty-eight yards on twenty-three carries. That's that's not doing it. You know that that's just not getting it done. And I and I hate to take a play out, of course, because that play counts. It's not like, you know what I mean though. It, it kind of gives you a more clear picture when I give you both. Uh, it's very very different, very weird. Because of that. Because of the fact that we're excellent against the run, I think what we can do is kind of hedge your bets against the pass. You know what I mean? So kind of play more expecting the pass. Not I'm not saying open things up so they can run for you, but what I mean is instead of targeting the run like our defense tends to do, tends to do and does very well, you can kind of run your base stuff or, or not do anything too exotic to stop the run and focus on stopping the pass. Focus on blitzing the quarterback. Focus on uh, covering Quezon Butte, stuff like that. Being one-dimensional is never going to be a good thing against this defense that we have. Uh, Zach Arnett is too smart for that. Uh, Martin Emerson, Emmanuel Foros, Aaron Brule, Jaden Crumity, they're too talented for that. So I, I'm I'm worried if you're an LSU fan, I'd be a little bit concerned about how you're going to move the ball up and down the field. This will be the best defense they've played. Uh, ain't no doubt about it. And like you said, that, what you said about Blitz and Max Johnson, that's the that's the key. You got to get him off the spot because uh, I don't want our corner, of course, 
we got great athletes on the secondary as well. But those are, they got some. I don't want one on one forever on Butte. Oh no, on Forbes or Emerson. <laughs> we need we need some. Definitely need to bring the pressure on Max Johnson. I agree. Um, Mississippi State, on the other side of the ball, is facing a very, very tough defense talent-wise. Yards and points-wise, they've been better than decent, I'd say. 64th in the country is actually surprising, but uh, just right at 300 yards per game they've allowed, right at 22 points. So not, you know, world beaters, but pretty, pretty equipped. And on a talent standpoint, this is going to be definitely the most talented defense we've played. There's first-round draft picks up front. There's there's Stingley may or may not play, but there's first-round draft picks on the back end, uh, and he probably won't. So I guess I don't know where, where Ricks and Flott will end up in their careers. Probably not first-round picks, but they're all pretty good. It, I'm almost surprised the defense hasn't been a little bit better. But, I, again, they, most of that is just a bad game against UCLA, and garbage garbage yards against Central Michigan. So they've been pretty good. This is their if LSU wins the game, it's going to be because of their defense. We talked about what they're up front. Uh, they're just dominant up dominant on a, from a defensive line standpoint. You're going to have to find ways to mitigate that. One thing I'll say about the defense is they they've put in a little bit of zone stuff. This new coordinator he he runs. They're they're going to do some more zone. Was actually. Heard from some LSU people that they, they almost were just forced to do that by us last year, and they didn't really do well at playing zone last year. But the only reason that they're keeping up with it is because of us. You know, teams like us that pass all the time. It's going to require a little bit of more of a zone concept, but they're more comfortable running man. Like I, you, there's really no other way to put it. They like to send a lot of blitzes and, and throw a lot of pressures, and put their talented guys out there on islands because usually they can handle it. Well, against this offense, that's that's not going to work. I imagine they'll do a little bit of man, and they'll try to blitz and try to get home before those guys come open. But I don't know how well that's going to work for them in the long term. I think it's going to be mostly zone, and that's what I expect them to run. So much for claiming DBU. I mean, if you, if you can't, if y'all can't do man, you really can't. You really can't claim DBU, in my opinion. So who's DBU? Dallas Baptist University. <laughs> that was funny. That was a good one. There's all right. So keys to the game. There's really only one key. Okay, and they're all. It's it, there's several keys, and I've got more than one. But there, if there was only one key, it'd be plenty. And that is, you got to. But got to be clicking on all cylinders on offense. What I mean by that is you can't have a couple quarters or a quarter or three to eight drives in a row where you're stagnant and can't move the ball. Okay, you've got to take a little bit more risk. And by you, I mean Will Rogers Get, needs to move the ball downfield because these receivers can play. They can make catches. Uh, they can get open. There are plays to be made in this deep and against any defense with this offense that we kind of leave it on the field and that we really saw the most of that with the Memphis game, right? We're we're checking down when you could have had guys open. You missed a couple guys open. Uh, they couldn't cover us last year. This year, hardly any of the receivers that they saw are still on the team, and I think this group is better than the last year's group. So it's really, really that guys to get you kind of excited. If you're a Mississippi State fan, you know, I would take Polk, Wally, Calvin. I guess they saw Austin Williams last year, but I would take Polk, Wally, Calvin, and um, those guys against, you know, 
Javante Payton, Osiris Mitchell, and Tyrell Shavers, and we didn't get to see as much of Tyrell Shavers as we would have liked, or Javante Payton. Um, but I think these guys are a little bit more talented. And, of course, they saw Austin Williams. Jaden Wally played in that game, but not very much. You know, he was still figuring things out. It was his first game ever. So they haven't really seen what we were going to throw at them. They didn't see any of Marks and um, Dylan Johnson. Of course, Kylan Hill was potentially a first-round pick, and they did see that. So I'm not saying that uh, they saw – I'm not going to say that Marks and Johnson are better than Kylan when Kylan was at his best and, and was actually in the game. I'm not saying that at all. But they haven't really experienced those two guys yet. So they've looked really good against subpar competition. But let's see how they handle an SEC team. And when I say that, you know, UCLA was we thought was pretty good. They did recently lose at home to Fresno State. So you're kind of scratching your head about UCLA right now. This is going to be a big test for both teams, and both teams, the game is going to be super-duper important. Got to clean up penalties if you're the offensive line. And just like you were saying on defense, throw the kitchen sink at Max Johnson. Force him to make really tough decisions or have multiple choices to be made and, and all but one of them was, is a disastrous choice, you know, those kind of things. If you look at the UCLA game, they, they forced him to make those tough decisions. They threw exotic blitzes and weird coverages and stuff like that. And it was an aggressive defense to where if you get beat, it might be a ton of yards. But you're not gonna but they he didn't beat them enough to to win the game. And I think that's kind of the same thing. You know, we're an aggressive defense, we're susceptible to the big play. Kaysan Butch and or one of those guys might have a couple long catches, but if we force Max Johnson to, to hold on to the ball too long, to throw in a double coverage, uh, to have to scramble when that's not really his forte, I think we can live with some of those big plays. Offensive line has really been confused as well by shifts and stunts and twists. You know, if you, you shift right before the snap, and, and that's that's something that's really gotten home with their offensive line. It just hasn't – they haven't been able to pick up on it. So – got to take advantage of that and I know I said there's only one key and I'm talking about defense but you know you came here for a whole show and a whole full analysis so I'm going to give you a little bit of everything but I really think the only key truly is just be have a better aggressive offense anything to add I, I would say I agree I mean, I'd like to see Rodgers take a few more shots I mean Johnson took last week. I mean, he was successful except for one. He overthrew the guy. I mean, you got to be more aggressive. I mean, you got if you're not if you're not taking shots, that that defense will just sink up and just close up to the line of scrimmage and just you 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 have nothing. I mean, that's why you, at least let them know the threat of going downfield is there. So you right. keep that like keep those safeties back. That's exactly right. And maybe another th- another key is to kind of get the run game going since they're going to have a great pass rush. I don't know. But we'll see. I think there's going to be a very interesting game in Starkville this weekend. I hate that it's at 11 o'clock, but we'll very, very likely going to see a close game, a game between not really what I expected, but between two of the worst teams in the SEC West right now. A game that means a lot to both teams, you know, Coach O could lose this game by a lot and get fired. And if he loses this game, he's staring a losing record right in the face because he's got to look at Florida, Bama, Ole Miss looks pretty good. I don't know how they're going to beat Arkansas or Texas A&M. 
and they got to go to Kentucky, and that's never a gimme either. So LSU, let alone they got to go to Tuscaloosa. I mean LSU, this is a must-win game for for them. Not really a must-win game for Mississippi State, but I know a lot of guys are going to be upset, me included. I'm going to be very upset. It feels like a must-win game for the fans. I think it's I think it's an important game for us because oh, I mean, it's important. I would say it's important. I mean, it's like you need some confidence after what happened last week in Memphis. True, and I'll tell you this: it's going to be hard to get bowl eligible if you lose this one. I mean, see. I, We'll go on the schedule at least. Let's see, if you could beat Vanderbilt, Missouri, that'd be four. I mean, you would have to find a way to beat maybe A and M, Kentucky. A and M don't look impressive at all. On Man. defense, they're very impressive. Oh yeah, defense. Defense wise, yeah, offense is hot garbage. We'll have to. It'll be interesting. That game was in in um, College Station. But now we're going to move on to. Make you, of course, the star of the show, as you rightfully should be. Lounge, it's time for free money. You tell us, tell the world, do your. This is your good, good act of the week, right? Charitable service. Make oh, yeah. some people some money right now. All right. Well, we're two and one, two and one last week. I wasn't too bad. We'll see if we can try to go three and zero oh this week. All right. Remember I said take the Army over last week? I do. Do it again this week. It's, it's at 48 and a half again. Who they, they play? play? Miami and Ohio. And Miami and Ohio, the first couple of games, have averaged like 26, 27 points a game. Army's averaging like, Army's about getting over by themselves, but albeit UConn. And uh, so take the over in the Army. Miami game at 48 and a half. All right. Number take, two. Take Western Michigan minus two and a half against San Jose State. Where's that game at? It's in Western Michigan. And they're an under. They're a home underdog. No, they're a favorite. They're a home favorite. Oh, okay, they're minus two and a half. My bad. And you think they're going to win by more than that? Yes. I mean... I, I saw their offense. I watched. I watched some of that pit game. They burned me in that pit game. I was like, "Hey, that, that was a prolific offense." And being a home game, give me Western Michigan minus two and a half. Got you. All right. What else? Then give me Texas minus eight and a half. I know something like Texas against Texas Tech. I feel, I feel like Texas bounced back. They just ran to a buzzsaw up in Fayetteville. Hardly any team was winning up there that night. And I, mean, I trust Sarkeesian to get them. Of course, they bounced back real quick. I think Texas Tech's not great or anything. It's at home. And I think Texas figured out their quarterback situation. Give me Texas. Give me Texas minus eight and a half. Yeah, Mike Leach isn't <clears throat> isn't walking through those doors for Texas Tech. All right, time to pick this weekend's slate of games. Not as many games this week as we move into more strong conference play, a lot of conference games. Our first one is Georgia at Vandy. Georgia. Yeah, that one's not hard. We got we do have some hard ones here. We should have some differences. 
Missouri at Boston College. Give me Mizzou. What's the line on that one? Uh, I think it's like one and a half last time I checked. One and a half. I need a. I need somebody to sh show me that. Here we go. I'm on the ESPN. I want to check this out. They have their – they think Boston College is going to win on their football power index, which they also think we're going to win. So I don't know how – let's see, one and a half over and under 58. You know, I really like Mizzou coming into the year, and I like Mizzou now. But just – I'm going to go ahead and go with Boston College. Just be a little bit different, you know. So you got Mizzou. You might prove me wrong on that one. We shall see. All right, probably the biggest game of the weekend. This is your CBS game. Texas A&M versus Arkansas at a neutral site, quote-unquote. I don't know how neutral well, it is. Well, um, well, first off, found out Mark Curls is officiating that game. No way. He is. I'll just check Twitter right here. About 30 minutes ago, and someone... So we might as well not even oh. pick it, right? I mean, if, if the referees are going to determine the game anyway. I mean, I'm going to put my hope and faith in the Hogs. You're going to go Hogs. I'm going to go Texas A&M. I'm going to go Hogs. I think, I think uh, Arkansas really caught lightning in a bottle against against Texas. And what happened was... Let's see what happened was... They caught lightning in a bottle against Texas and played their hearts out. Texas was really caught sleepwalking. I don't think Texas is that good. Uh, I think Texas A&M, as, as they start to figure out their quarterback situation, are going to kind of get better. Arkansas runs the ball really well, but Texas A&M was good against the run. That's my thoughts on that one. Georgia State at Auburn. Auburn. Now, Auburn can't play anybody. Only Penn State, I guess, but all their other games have been gross. And that's all their non-conference games. They're done. They get to play SEC games from here on out after this week. Tennessee at Florida. Florida. I like that pick. I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you there. Kentucky at South Carolina. Give me the give me the cats. I'm gonna look up that one too. That's uh, Kentucky minus five. Minus five. Yeah. yeah, I hate to pick Kentucky. I you haven't realized by now. I'm not I'm not a Kentucky fan. Now, ESPN thinks South Carolina is gonna win that one, but it's Kentucky. You know what? I'll go ahead. I might feel really stupid. After this take week, I'll take them. I'll take them. I'm gonna feel oh, really. I, I I could really see that one going backfiring on me, and then I'm gonna have to play catch up the rest of the year to catch you. But we'll see. You're gonna go cats, and then Southern Miss at Bama. I was say, do I even need to tell you? No, nah, that's a dumb, <laughs> dumb game. Shouldn't be at 6.30. What is the score of our game going to be? 28-24. Who? 
us. You're calling a win at 28-24. All right. So I let's 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 see what let's let's go back and review here. You've had you've done one better because I think you picked this to beat NC State, right? Yeah. I picked us to win big against Louisiana Tech and we won small. Picked us to lose to NC State and we won. Picked us to win big against Memphis and we lost a close one. So what I'm going to do, and this is actually what I think is going to happen. I'm not just doing this for the juju, but I think we lose a close one. I think we lose 28, let's say 31-28. I don't even like that. I don't think they'll score that many times. Let's say 28-27. We will lose 38-27. That's what I think is going to happen. We'll lose 38-27? 28-27. 2-8-2-7. All right, now I think that's it. Let's see. I get to be negative next week. You are one ahead of me on the pick'em. We'll figure out where we stand this time. We will have three, four games to be different. Well, I guess let me put it this way: three games to be different, but the score. So four instances, four chances for points, right? Uh-huh. So it's getting a little bit more interesting because I remember last week we picked all the games the same. So, all right. Is there anything else to add to that? Well, yeah. Get out and enjoy this great, beautiful weather we got. Beautiful fire. weather. There are some people that are just upset that it's cool and crisp outside, and I am not one of them. I love it. Give me more of it. I will see. All of y'all, next time, thank you once again for listening. You can follow Lounge Dog on Twitter at lounge underscore D-A-W-G. Don't forget to send him receipts, comments, questions, concerns, tips, suggestions, all of those things. Send that to him, and I'm sure he loves interacting with all of you on Twitter. And, and be sure to get your shots in while you're at it, too, because he, he, he can take a lick on there. He's not, not afraid to get roasted on Twitter. So follow him. Uh, Check out our show on his account. And as always, swing your sword and hail state.